You're listening to The Other Connor Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your host, Connor Howard. Hello, Oilers fans. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name, of course, Connor Halley. Make sure to give me a follow on Twitter as well, at Connor Halley. We've got a great show coming up for you today. We're going to talk to Tom Gazzola of TSN 1260. Of course, he is the host of the Don Wheaton on White pre- and post-game shows. We'll get his thoughts on the Oilers' big win on Friday night against the Rangers, the goal of the year, and what he expects out of this team on the upcoming five-game road trip kicking off Tuesday night, taking on the Detroit Red Wings. We're also going to talk to Ryan Holt. He is the voice of the Oilers AHL affiliate, the Bakersfield Condors. And of course, in case you missed the big news today, the Edmonton Oilers, they'll be without the services of Devin Shore for the next four to six weeks. Of course, lower body injury, he'll miss some time. And with that, the Oilers bring in up Ryan McLeod, a guy who was with the team last year. You saw him in the playoffs. Didn't make the team originally this year, but played down there with the Bakersfield Condors. He's the next man up. He may be in the lineup tonight when the Oilers take on the Detroit Red Wings. We'll have to see what happens with lines there. But uh, we'll talk to Ryan Holt about McLeod. We'll talk to him about some of the other Oilers prospects down in Bakersfield and what they can expect. Uh, should be a lot of fun on the show today very quickly. Just a quick shout-out to our sponsor, DraftKings. Of course, if you're going to sign up today, make sure to use promo code THPN. They've got a lot of cool offers going on. We'll talk to you about that later on in the show. But if you're signing up, promo code THPN with DraftKings. Uh, for the Edmonton Oilers right now, as I touched on very quickly there, they will be without Devin Shore for a little while. Uh, some news that he will be on the injured list, the injured reserve, whatever you want to call it, four to six weeks without the Oilers veteran center. With that, Ryan McLeod jumps up. We'll wait and see where he slots into the lineup when he joins the team in Detroit. Tom Gazzola, who we're going to have on the show in a few minutes here, actually, uh, tweeting out yesterday that Zach Cassian was skating on the right side with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Hyman. Derek Ryan between Yamamoto and Warren Fogel. So Dave Tippett making a slight adjustment, just switching the right wings on the second and third line here, maybe trying to generate a little bit of a spark. We know Zach Cassian has the capabilities to play up in the lineup. And for Kyler Yamamoto, maybe just a chance to get it going. But I've said it for a while here. I've said it on the podcast. I've said it on TSN 1260. I don't think that Kyler Yamamoto was necessarily a lock to be in your top six. And if he is in the top nine still, that might not be a bad spot for him. I think he's got the skill set to fit in quite well on the third line. Uh, just uh, very quickly, some thoughts from Friday night. How about Connor McDavid and the goal he scored one on four against the New York Rangers? A quick story here before we get to Tom Gazzola. We were talking about, you know, for Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, what you might do when it comes to sports betting, because those two guys, you always take the over when it comes to points for them. And uh, on the Jason Greger show, Greger starts myself for saying, maybe one of these games you take McDavid to score no points. That's where the money is. And uh, not that we think it's going to happen very often, but when it does happen, there could be a very big payout. So we kind of threw that idea around. After 40 minutes, it looked like a good idea for anyone who might have gone out there and done that. Of course, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl finished the game with three points each. The Oilers win in overtime. Leon Dreisaitl with the winner there. And the Edmonton Oilers improving their record to 9-1 uh, and one on the season. Obviously, some things to clean up. And we'll get into that with Tom Gazzola right now. He is the host of the Don Wheaton on White pre- and post-game shows on TSN 1260. You can also catch him on the Oil Stream, Locked On NHL. He fills in on the morning show with Dustin Nielsen. You can hear him daily on the Jason Greger Show. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Tom Gazzola. 
And uh, I will let you guys know that we do talk about Batman and Ghostbusters for about three or four minutes here to kick off this interview. So if that's not really your thing and you want to hear Oilers talk, feel free to skip ahead. But I think you should listen to the whole thing. Tom Gazzola, how you doing today, buddy? I'm great because you know why, Connor? The new Ghostbusters is this much closer to uh, seeing the light of day and everything I've heard is very exciting. And the the last trailer for the new movie dropped and it hits you right in the feels, man. You uh, you pass it along to me. I knew yeah. there was some relation to yeah. uh, you know had to be kids or grandkids involved. I don't want to spoil it too much, but yeah, like you like search it, go find it on YouTube, watch it at November nineteenth because I just watched it. I just watched yeah. the promo you <laughs> sent it to me and, and made me watch it. And yeah, it's gonna I be did. good. I kind of wish it would have came out like a month earlier, like in October for Halloween. Yeah, I, I mean it's not necessarily a scary movie, but it would have been fitting. Whatever, though. It it gives us something to look forward to, hey? It does. I mean, COVID messed. I think it was supposed to come out last summer. Oh, okay. I believe. And COVID obviously screwed that up. And I don't know. They found an appropriate window where they could release it. Like, even now, wasn't the new Spider-Man supposed to be out? And the Eternals just came out. I, I I want to go see that, and in the new Spider-Man, apparently all the Spider-Men are together. <laughs> it's it, like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield with Tom Holland, so three Spider-Men fighting all the bad guys from all three different sets of Spider-Man. And then you know what's crazy too, Connor, is now DC is uh, doing multiverses too, where they're, they're bringing back uh, Michael Keaton, and he's playing old Bruce Wayne. Like it's crazy. He's really? old Batman. Yeah, like it's just and and as it's it's like the new cheap move where you know it's going to suck people in, but at the same time you're like ah, it's brilliant and I want to see it, so you take my money. I want to see Batman what he's like now. I thought Michael Keaton was the best Batman. Uh, forget Christian Bale, uh Ben Affleck, you know, tried but whatever. Forget George Clooney and Val Kilmer. You know, that was after what Michael Keaton did. Um, those Batman, even I really didn't care for Christian Bale's Batman either, to be honest with you. No. So I'd rather see the Bruce Wayne Batman from Michael Keaton brought back. And I think that would be super cool. And it's going to be. <laughs> you know what? And, and I mean, he, he might not be the best of some people, but for me and you, like he was the original, right? Like that, that first right. movie with Jack Nicholas and. Or sorry, Jack Nicholson, not Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholson. That would be yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. But, I know uh, what you mean. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was one of my favorites. I'm pretty sure my mom would just like drop me down in front of the TV, put that one on, and go clean the house or do whatever else she would do, but to, to, just to distract me. But that's something. Tom, you know, this is an Oilers podcast, but that is something for us to look forward to outside of the Oilers. And uh, yeah, I know it's an Oilers pod. Obviously, we're going to talk about the Oilers. We always do. <laughs> we do it every day for hours on end. It's great. But come on, like we can, we have live outside of all this stuff. Like, uh, I just want to say, Batman Returns was also really good. And then I think Keaton was supposed to come back for the third one, but something happened. Uh, I don't know if it was a Tim Burton thing, and the the studio didn't want to go the same direction, and it was a darker Batman. Um, but Batman, you know, I know the Adam West Batman was kind of more campy and it was in the sixties and stuff like that, but like Batman's supposed to be dark. It's not supposed to be like this cartoony type of thing. And, and that's what I liked about the Tim Burton Batmans with Michael Keaton. And I liked Batman Returns. Like Danny DeVito was great as the Penguin. You had 
uh, Christopher Walken in that movie, Michelle Pfeiffer. Like I, I remember being. I think we were like what seven or eight when it came out. I was like, wow, look at, <laughs> look at Catwoman, man. Catwoman, yeah. Oof. Even I knew. I was like, she is hot. <laughs> Does and, Devito uh, return in any of these new movies? I don't think so. It would be great, though. I mean, the Penguin died, but DeVito... You know where DeVito is amazing right now? It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, Frank Reynolds is one of the most reprehensible, disgusting characters on television, and apparently Danny DeVito is just the biggest sweetheart, biggest little sweetheart in the world, and that show is unbelievable. So if he doesn't have to worry about coming back as the Penguin, he can worry about being Frank Reynolds, and it's always sunny. That's A-OK in my books. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, we uh, just got a new cable provider, and we have FX, whatever the you know, like on demand. So I've yep. gone back and watched season two, and Frank, you know, is introduced to it, and yeah. he's not quite as terrible of a person as he is in the later seasons. But, it's a uh, slippery slope. It's a <laughs> well, Dennis yeah. Reynolds is a mess too. He's a psycho. Oh yeah, yeah. they're all me- they're all the, like the, they're the five worst people on television, and they make great. Great characters and a highly entertaining show. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Uh, yeah, I just sorry. I know we've we've gone off on a bit of a tangent here, but well, you know, it's hey, okay. If people don't like it, they can skip ahead, right? That's the, the beauty of technology. And uh, yeah. well, let's get to it now, uh, Tom. Fine. <laughs> we, we're, we've talked about some outstanding things. Why don't we ask you about one of the most outstanding goals I've ever seen? Maybe the best goal I've ever seen. And in a moment when the Oilers needed someone to kind of put the team on their shoulders, Connor McDavid does it against the New York Rangers, scoring a one-on-four goal. I mean, you've seen a lot of hockey games. You've been around the team a lot. Have you ever seen anything like that? Well, I mean, I remember the goal. I I was in the building when he scored that goal against Columbus in his return, and I remember just being flabbergasted. And the guy scored a million beautiful goals. So... I looked up, I was watching, I got back from the rink in the second intermission, and I was setting up for the post-game show, and I was like, maybe they're going to get this comeback going. They they tie it up, the Rangers score again, and then I'm like, yeah, but the momentum, I think they still have it. And I literally was, I think I was typing something to Hernan, and I look up, and he's busting through like four guys, and then he tucks it in casually, and I'm going, what? I had to go back and watch it a couple of times, and I was like, that was absolutely insane. He he has scored. There's goals that we forgot about that he scored that were absolutely amazing and brilliant. Uh, this is just you know put that one in the same category, stick it in that folder, and I, we're going to see plenty more. Just crazy the vision and the ability to strike and pounce and jump into the smallest windows of opportunity like he did there was absolutely insane. And I, I always wondered too. I'm like, is there puck luck involved with these goals? And because it, it feels like there is, I'm sure it's a combination. You create your own luck and you create your own opportunity. And, and the result is absolute brilliance. Yeah. And I, that goal you talked about the Columbus blue jackets, like, you know, he picks up speed, uh, you know, no fear, but to me, like it wasn't one on four from the blue line, right? Like it was, it was just such a wild thing for me to see him, you know, even attempt that. And you know, I don't know if that's something he would have done a couple of years ago in that situation, or if that's just something he, he's learned to do as of late. But yeah, that was absolutely phenomenal, uh, Tom. There's some people though that you know, despite the team being nine and one, want to look at some of the negatives about the team, and, sure. and you know, you don't want to put yourselves in a, a hole 
like that any more than you have to. Obviously, nice to know that your offense can get you out of it. But uh, when you look at that game against the Rangers on on Friday night, and you know after this question, we'll move forward. But any concerns there that you know they they have to tighten some things up defensively? Yes, obviously. Yeah, that's that's something that's become a theme, and what they've been able to do through the first ten games is is find ways to climb out of these holes or. Uh, their mistakes or sloppiness, slow starts, uh, allowing the first goal on first, second, third shots. Uh, they've, they've been able to overcome those. And at some point, that won't be happening and they'll end up losing points or losing games and they'll look back and go, geez, what did we do wrong? Well, I can t- tell you there's a good chance that you probably created your own misfortune because that's what the orders have done. It's just... Maybe, and this is a theory I went on with Gregor on and Struddy on the Gregor show with you as well uh, on Monday, was maybe it's part of it, you're at home, you want to put on a show for the fans, you get caught up in the hoopla and excitement, and, and that leads to loosey-goosey hockey. And we've seen a, a lot of that, especially early in periods, early in games. Um, in the few road games that they have played, they've only played three of ten on the road heading into this extended road trip here. Um, even in those games, outside of Vancouver, they were pretty dull coming out of the gates in the first period. I think back to Arizona, the Coyotes looked good for, for, for like ten minutes. And then you think of the Golden Knights game. The Golden Knights had a couple of leads. They jumped on the Oilers early. So it's not specific to the home games for the Oilers, but I think, you know, maybe, and Dave Tippett talked about a little bit too on Sunday, is going on the road allows you to go and focus on playing simple hockey, play a classic road game where you don't need to be flashy and run and gun with the opposition. You can just buckle it down and play that grinding style and get to that sharper type of play. And if they can do that, that would be wonderful. I have my doubts Although this first game against an improved Detroit Red Wings team, um, you know, I don't know how much we can glean from it if they are able to dig their way out of a bad start. But that's something that needs to be shored up. And, you know, we're through 10 games. We've got a lot of hockey left to go here, Connor. But I think that's one of the themes that keeps popping up. And you hope in time they uh, they clean it up. And I th- I think they will. They seem to have the right mindset too. But it's certainly something that has popped up what, six, seven times in the first 10 games? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, fortunate to have their offense that they, they can dig themselves out of those holes, but if there's ever one of those nights where it's not going 100%, yeah, it'd be tough to, to really get it going. Now, uh, you tweeted out yesterday, uh, Zach Cassian skating on the right side with RNH and Hyman, Derek Ryan between Yamamoto and Fogel. Were you surprised at all to see this change up? Yeah, a little bit. Um, but then I think, too, with the announcement that Ryan, or not Ryan, Devin Shore is going to yeah. be out for uh, quite a while here. I think, what was it, four to six weeks with a lower body injury, that now they needed to tinker some some things with their lineup. Um, and this is the result. So Ryan gets bumped back up. You know, we see Ryan McLeod get called up. Not sure if he plays on Tuesday. Maybe he needs to get a practice or two in before he gets into action. So we could see him by Boston or Buffalo. Um, so you kind of patch it together. And here's a chance for Zach Kasten to be elevated. Yamamoto to try to be effective on a third line that all of a sudden is a lot smaller. 
But I think they were together, Fogel, Yamamoto, and Ryan briefly in training camp as well. So maybe there's some familiarity there. And then you add a little bit of of size to the second line. And you go from there. I mean, um, the, the thing we talked about a lot going into this season was it seems like the Oilers have flexibility because of the depth and the type of players that they brought in. Uh, specifically in Hyman and in Fogel. And now you're going to see some of that put to use. And let's see if it leads to uh, good results. Uh, if not, I'm sure we're going to see the blunder get pulled out again, and Dave Tippett will will uh, mix things up once again. But for the time being, this I mean, we might wake up on Tuesday morning and get reports that there's a different lineup, but I doubt it. Let's see how this does, and and with that top line, the nuclear line reunited, Drysaddle, McDavid, and Pugliarvi, you know, if they can shoulder much of the load, and then you can get two good lines in the second and third line, providing a little bit of added oomph, then Connor, the recipe for success is there. The proof will be in the pudding. Now you touched on it there, Devin Shore, uh, not on the ice. He'll be out four to six weeks with a lower body injury. With that, Ryan McLeod recalled. From the Bakersfield Condors, you saw him a little bit uh, last season. We saw him, obviously, in the four postseason games, uh, all losses to the Winnipeg Jets. What do you think he needs to do to ensure that he doesn't take that trip back to Bakersfield? Yeah, I'm, I, you know, Connor, part of it is probably confidence. Seriously, like now he understands the, the moment is here for him to, he can't just be a pleasant surprise like he was in his first couple of training camps where, you know, he probably didn't think that there was a chance in hell he would make the team. So he goes in there with no uh, cares in the world and has a couple of excellent camps, scores a bunch of goals, surprises people. Now there's expectation. He's a little bit older. He's played pro. Uh, he's put up numbers. So now there's expectation, and that probably gets into a younger guy's head. And, you know, he had his first cup of coffee. Uh, he showed some good signs. He also showed that there's some room for growth. If if he doesn't want to go back down to Bakersfield, he's got to attack the middle and the front of the net. Uh, he's got to do it with speed. He's got to time his his attacks properly, uh, take pucks to the net, get shots from high-danger areas of the ice because too many times – when he was in the lineup and in training camp this year, in the preseason, we would say the same thing over and over again. It's like, yeah, he carries the puck with speed through the middle. He gets it in the zone, but then nothing happens. He just stays on the outside, can't get into the middle, can't muck it up and score ugly goals. He was a non-threat whatsoever, and that that's what has to change. You know, He had a, a bit of a wake-up call getting sent back down to start the season, went down, did some good things in Baco. And he knew a call-up would be inevitable at some point, and here it is. So hopefully now he's got that experience from what he did last year with this team and what he did in the playoffs briefly, what he did in preseason, uh, went down to Bakersfield, you know, took a lesson out of that. And then maybe he comes up here and he he puts to use uh, what he's learned. And now he understands what the pressure's like, the expectation's like, and Perhaps he knows and has a better understanding of what he needs to do and how he can go about doing it to stay relevant on this team, with this franchise, and in the NHL. Tommy, a five-game roadie for the Oilers, kicks off in Detroit on Tuesday night. Sam Gagne's 900th career game. Uh, congratulations to him for that. That's yes. very cool. It seems like just yesterday uh, they drafted him in the first round. I still remember driving up to my buddy's cabin, five of us in a little Ford Ranger truck, 
very uncomfortable, but we were very optimistic about the Edmonton Oilers at that point. So little did we know it would take a little bit longer, but they've also got the Boston Bruins, the Buffalo Sabres, the Blues, and the Jets. Uh, I think we probably agree they should take some wins in Detroit and Buffalo. But when you look at Boston, Winnipeg, and St. Louis, is there a game you're maybe most anxious to see how they compare up against them? Yeah, Boston obviously is going to be a great test, especially with uh, what the Bruins bring to the table. Uh, Patrice Bergeron, you know, was watching their game the other day, and he, I think it was against Detroit, actually, he scored a hat trick, and I'm like, geez, how old? He's older than me, I think. And he's still going strong, and Pasternak's great, obviously, and Marshan's great. They have Hall, and Jake DeBrusque wants to prove that uh, he can still do it, and, and what's gone on over the last year and a bit is is just a, a blip and a bump in the road. So I think this Boston game will be a great test. I also, I'm, I don't know what to make of the Blues. I, I just, you know, I, they're not the team that won the Stanley Cup a couple of years ago. Um, is Jordan Bennington that good? I don't know. Uh, like some nights he looks amazing. Other nights I, he's more focused on getting into fights and swinging his stick at opposition players. Uh, Winnipeg will be a good test too. And, and maybe, you know, especially with the back-to-back against Winnipeg, home and home, if you will. We'll see if the Oilers uh, want to get a little vengeance for what happened in the postseason last year. I know they played well in the playoffs. Didn't have the depth, couldn't get the scoring, and those were tight games. Could have gone either way, but I'm sure that you know that still left a bitter taste, and they have that bitter taste in their mouth still, and uh, they want to maybe use some of that energy and, and memories and, and try to get a couple of wins against the Jets. But Boston and Winnipeg are the two big ones of this trip that I'm really looking to see what they bring to the table. Who knows with the Blues? I, I don't know what to make of St. Louis. They're just kind of they're an enigma, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Um, call me someone who wants to see Mike Smith versus Jordan Bennington in a fight. I mean, I, I uh, well, if you were to come back go in well time, for Bennington. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've I've kind of watched the Jordan Bennington antics for a little while now. I don't know if he's a fake tough guy or if he's a real tough guy, but I think Mike Smith might put him in his place very quickly if it were to happen. Yeah. Crossing my fingers that it happens. Uh, possible ten points up for grabs, Tom. How many do you think they get? Uh, let's let's go with six. You know, it's pretty modest, but I think six is fair. Eight would be a great trip, obviously. I, I think eight is possible, but I think six is more uh, reasonable and, and likely. So I'll go with six. How does that sound? Hey, that sounds good to me, Tom. Uh, Hernan yeah. asked me that question on his podcast today. It was more so how many like wins will they get and, mm. and on the trip. I said uh, three, one, and one, so I guess I had seven points. But uh, yeah. we're in the same vicinity, so so that's a good sign, Tom. Thanks a lot for doing this today. I will uh, have to get you on again down the road. Maybe we'll get you on after November 19th, after the Ghostbusters comes out, and uh, we can get your review on it. Yeah, well, I'll be happy to review it for like at least 15 minutes of my next interview on this podcast. <laughs> That's what we will just devote the whole thing to, just Ghostbusters reviews. And uh, maybe we'll go back, we'll do the first and the second and the remake and, and do all of them. Yep. Just get your thoughts on it. That's why you're so good at, at producing and being a friend because you understand. You get it. You work with uh, your people and and that's why I admire and respect the hell out of you because uh, for someone to devote that much time to Ghostbusters 1, 2, and Afterlife, um, 
you know, I've got a tear in my eye, Connor Halley. Thank yeah. you. Someone's got to do it. Tom, thank you for doing this today. I appreciate and respect you, and then we'll get you on again down the road. <laughs> thank you, sir. There you go. Tom Gazzola of TSN 1260, the host of the Don Wheaton on White pre- and post-game shows before and after every Oilers game on TSN 1260. You can also get him on the oil stream with Dustin Nielsen. I believe he is the Oilers correspondent with the NHL Network. You can also find his work with Locked On NHL. The guy is everywhere. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Tom Gazzola. The NHL season is underway in DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NHL has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't yet available in your state, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sports an official sports betting partner of the NHL must be 21 or older New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required one per customer, restrictions apply see DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER One more time, big thank you to Tom Gazzola for hopping on the other Connor podcast, we'll have to get him on Later on in the season, maybe after Ghostbusters, if he's available and he can condense his thoughts on that movie into 15 minutes or less We'll see what happens. Uh, right now, though, I want to talk a little bit about the Edmonton Oilers AHL affiliate. Of course, the Bakersfield Condors, Jay Woodcroft, Dave Manson, all the staff down there doing great work the last couple seasons, making sure their players are NHL ready when they enter the NHL. And the latest, Ryan McLeod, of course, he was recalled on Monday with Devin Shore heading to the IR for the next four to six weeks. We saw Ryan McLeod play in the NHL a little bit last season. We got him for four games in the NHL playoffs. Of course, the Oilers dropping four straight to the Winnipeg Jets, so it ended there. He kicked off the season playing with the Bakersfield Condors in the AHL. Seven games played. He had one goal, four assists, five points in total, six penalty minutes before getting the call back up to the big club. And uh, to talk about Ryan McLeod and some of the Oilers' other top prospects down in Bakersfield, there's nobody better than the play-by-play voice of the team, Ryan Holt. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Condors Holty Ryan. Thanks a lot for doing this again today. How are you doing? I'm good, Connor. How are you? Oh, I'm doing really good and uh, obviously some exciting news today for one of the members of the Bakersfield Condors. Maybe not so much if you're Devin Shore, who will miss the next four to six weeks with a lower body injury, but Ryan McLeod coming back to the big club after playing seven games with the Condors so far this season and uh, one goal, four assists, six penalty minutes in those games, but let's just start off right there. Uh, Ryan McLeod, what's the biggest difference you've seen in him this year compared to last year where he played 28 games at 14 goals, 14 assists? Yeah, he certainly broke out last year and then, um, you know, had a, uh, not just a cup of coffee, I would say, a good extended look uh, with the Oilers at the end of last season and then got into four uh, Stanley Cup playoff games. So I think, you know, if you're you're Ryan McLeod, I think you maybe exceeded expectations last year or at least, you know, met expectations of what, you know, you maybe had going into a season. Uh, and then this year, obviously, it didn't maybe start the way um, you know he had envisioned. But he came down to Bakersfield. He's a 
he's a fun kid by nature. Uh, he's definitely matured, uh, I think, over the last you know two, three years since I've gotten to know him. Uh, he's a pretty you know polished uh, you know player off the ice and on the ice. You know, it was an opportunity for him to find his game. He played in every situation you'd expect him to play in down here. Uh, he played with his old running mate down here in Bakersfield uh, in Cooper Marodi. Um, and I think, too, uh, an interesting part of it, too, is the last couple of games, he was able to play with Raphael Lavoie as well, too. And I think him and Marodi, you know, maybe got Lavoie going a little bit here over the last uh, couple of games as well. So um, I think Ryan's going to have a, a good NHL future. Um, we saw this you know, a number of times, I think over the last couple of years with guys like Yamamoto and Bouchard and RV coming down to Bakersfield, just being able to find their confidence, find their game, and then go back up to Edmonton and realize, you know what, I'm not that far away. You know, let me put some things back in and uh, and figure this out and realize that it's not going to always be easy. But at the end of the day, um, he's got tangible skills that translate to the NHL level. He's got speed that burns up, uh, up top too, and, um, you know, just has to find a way to use it. Yeah, I mean the the ability is there, and it and it looks like you know he's got the speed and the the physicality. I think one of the things that people were a little bit critical of was maybe the aggressiveness, and and didn't quite show that at the NHL level. From what you've seen this year, is there any areas where you think he's kind of maybe looked at to improve specifically, or anywhere where maybe you know Jay Woodcroft and the coaching staff have said, hey, this is something you need to work on to make that next jump and be a full time NHLer. Well, I think he's a natural playmaker, and just his speed is going to create havoc. Uh, in the offensive zone, and I think there's uh, an added goal scoring, you know, kind of finish ability to to his game that I think you know hasn't been tapped into. And you know, he's 22 years old. You know, he's uh, he's still young. Um, you know, we've gotten the fortunate you know luck of of being able to have him for an extended period of time, not only this year, last year for you know the shortened season, but also you know in a postseason run and, and the other shortened season that we had. So he's been around parts of kind of four seasons, even if it hasn't been you know, really a full year here in Bakersfield. And, um, you know, sometimes you forget that he's, you know, just 22 years old. So um, he's got a, a bright future ahead of him. Uh, looking forward to, to his next stint up in Edmonton. And I, you know, like I told him last year at the end of last year, I didn't think I'd see him again, saw him again, but uh, I don't think I'll see him again uh, here in the future. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, unfortunately for the Condors, you guys didn't get to see him for too long, but uh, obviously that's the <laughs> that's the mission of an AHL franchise. So, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's going to be... Life, the life of the AHL. Yeah, exactly. You hope you don't see them again, but if you do, I mean, that, that's okay as well. Uh, lots of guys to ask you about here today, and uh, I think the big one I'll start off with is Philip Broberg, a, a first-round pick. Uh, people saw him in the World Juniors, here in Edmonton, they've seen him a little bit in the NHL. But what have you thought about Philip Broberg's game so far in nine games in? Yeah, he's a he's a twenty year old who carries himself like he's thirty. Um, he reminds me a lot, honestly, of of Evan Bouchard, just in his demeanor, uh, his polish, kind of wise beyond his years. That's off the ice, uh, on the ice. Uh, you know, talked with with Ken Holland last week when when the team was in Vegas. Uh, Ken got to see two games, uh, and the Condors played pretty well in Henderson, got a split on the road. And Ken kind of remarked about Phil being able to play in big situations here in Bakersfield that he's not going to get in Edmonton at this current moment. He did mention, you know, maybe second half of the season potentially, but, um, you know, I think they're, they're playing the long game with Phil Broberg. And, you know, I think the proof is in the pudding with, um, you know, some of the other guys that have come through the organization, whether they're still in the organization or not, but Bear and Jones and Bouchard and, you know, Will Agus in the last couple of seasons, um, you know, to get an extended look here in Bakersfield, um, being able to play in all those situations, especially where he's coming over from, 
you know, Sweden, the big ice surface, he's able to, you know, find his North American game here in Bakersfield and do so quarterbacking a power play unit, which is scored in every game. It's a top five power play unit. He's a big reason why uh, he's in the top five in defensive points. Uh, he's among the rookie leaders in scoring uh, with six points through nine games. I don't know if that's a huge part of his game. Um, you know, I think it's more the shutdown style on the back end and being able to, to skate and make a good first pass. But at the end of the day, hey, if, if you're in the American Hockey League and you're quarterback in the top power play unit, you're going to find yourself in scoring opportunities. And he's done that and uh, just been really impressed with his growth over the first, you know, nine, ten games of the season. And I think, you know, he's got a high ceiling. And I think, fortunately, he's one of the guys we're going to be able to see here in Bakersfield and, and get to a good part of that uh, high ceiling. No, I, I mean, I, I know it's really early, and you've only seen him in nine games on the North American ice surface. But ha- have you noticed little subtleties in his game that have improved already? Yeah, he, he's such a good skater. Um, I think is you know the first thing that, that jumps off the page, and I think if you have that, you can translate that at the next level. Now, the second part of that is being able to defend in your own end, and he's playing with a guy here in Bakersfield, mostly uh, in Vinny Deharnay, who's six foot seven and a shutdown defenseman, and a guy who can teach you kind of to play that shutdown style of game in the defensive end. Um, I think the, the power play side of things is just something that's you know being elevated here in Bakersfield. I'm not sure if he's a power play guy at the next level, but he certainly could be a PK guy, and he's getting those minutes as well too. Um, you know, on a PK unit, which has been pretty good in the top 10 PK unit in the league here too. So um, I, I think you know his you know areas he needs to to clean up would, would probably be the gaps and things like that. But I think his speed overcomes a lot of things here at this level, and I think at the next level, you know, he's going to have a, a future that that's pretty bright and. You know, I think you kind of look at just Evan Bouchard and, and just plug Phil Broberg back in that kind of mold, and, and I think they're two peas in a pod in that sense. Now, i got to ask you about uh, Marcus Niemelainen, because last year you were on, and you mentioned him as somebody to watch out for, and I know there was an injury he suffered, but uh, how does he look getting back out there? You know, Jay Woodcroft mentioned the word bullish preseason on Marcus Niemelainen, and I was interested to see how he'd look, uh, you know, he suffered a, I think it was a, a broken wrist last year, a broken arm last year, and kept him out for a good chunk, but he was able to get back and healthy over the summer and trained a lot in Edmonton too, you know, around, uh, you know, around Oilers players and around, you know, teammates as well, which I think was, was big for him. Um, he's come in and his game Friday night, and, you know, we've got highlights up on, on our, our social channels, but he was as impactful on both ends of the ice uh, in San Diego as I've seen him, and he was as impactful as I've seen a, a Condors defenseman at both ends of the ice in one game. Uh, defensively, he plays a mean game, and which is weird because he's really not a kid at all. He's he's kind of soft spoken and kind of a gentle giant, if you will. But uh, on the ice, he you know Jay Woodcroft says he hits to hurt in a clean way, and um, you know he does so. You know he picks his spots nicely, I think, which is good because sometimes you can get over physical and you find yourself you know, in the wrong side of the puck or on the wrong side of the, you know, the zone, but um, impactful defensively. I think there's more offense to his game than he's, you know, been able to show, I think, just because, you know, it's not really his role, but um, he has tangible skills for the next level. He's a big kid. He plays that way. He skates well. Uh, If he can clean up some puck things, uh, some handling, some, uh, some passing things. I, I think he's, you know, a guy who is going to be kind of a an unheralded gem. I think in the organization, a guy who, you know, you could put up at the next level, you know, in the next year or two, and, and feel pretty good about it. Now, how about uh, Dmitry Samarukov? That's another guy who a lot of people are curious about. He's a third round pick back in 2017, and there was some hype, and then there, you know, an injury. Uh, how's he looked so far down there for the Condors? Five games, one goal so far. Yeah, 
yeah, I felt bad for Dimitri because, you know, he got injured at the end of last year and, you know, he's in the KHL and having a tremendous season in the KHL and then he gets injured in rookie camp in his first shift, uh, you know, up in Edmonton at rookie camp. So uh, kind of a delayed start to him. So, um, you know, I'm not going to look at Dimitri until, you know, we're 20, 25 games in until he's fully up to speed. But at the end of the day, you know, here's another guy who, you know, is a big, I mean, we've known Dimitri since he was 19 years old here, uh, you know, as a rookie, uh, you know, two seasons ago, and now we haven't seen him for a year and a half, and he comes back, and you know, it's a full-fledged man uh, that we're dealing with here on the back end, and uh, he's the most experienced back-end player we have right now uh, in the American Hockey League, uh, and he plays that way too. Uh, he's a PK guy. He's a guy who you know is physical on his own end, skates well, has a pretty good shot. Um, you know, in the offensive side of things, he scored in Vegas a game winner late, uh, which was good to see. Um, you know, he's a guy who, you know you put in the fold and, and it's kind of interesting going into the season. There wasn't a veteran back on the back end for the Condors and talking with Keith Gretzky and Oilers management, they wanted it that way. They thought, you know, Hey, we've got seven, eight, you know, maybe nine guys who are kind of in the same kind of boat. Some guys a little bit further along, some guys, you know, higher draft picks, but at the end of the day, you know, there's seven guys that are basically under the age of, you know, 24, 25 with maybe one or two years pro and, they're figuring it out, and I think it's huge. And to have Dave Manson with a guy like Dmitry Samarukov is huge for him. And um, Sammy's got a, a, a mature, you know, way he carries himself, which is great. And uh, you know, he's been he's been very good for us. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do uh, here coming up. Uh, Raphael Lavoie, another guy who Oilers fans very curious about a second round pick back in 2019. Uh, well traveled, uh, got to Bakersfield last year, played 19 games. He had 10 points in those games so far this year. Uh, nine games played, three assists in the season. Uh, how's he looked for you? Yeah, two assists in his last two games, and and I mentioned on the broadcast on Friday, the Condors usually play 11 forwards and seven defensemen, and you know that means that two forwards are kind of that extra. Um, you know, fourth line, if you will, with a rotating centerman. Um, Raf started there on on Friday night, and I think you know that was a message to him that listen, things need to clean up a little bit. Um, you know, in your game, uh, in terms of you know that that just kind of extra little compete. Some guys just just have that about them where they just find themselves in scoring spots, and it looks effortless. Um, you know, he's one of those guys. Uh, and on the defensive end, um, you know, things need to be cleaned up. You have to be a 200-foot player, and you can't take shifts off in the American Hockey League. He's young. He's got a long runway ahead of him. Um, you know, a lot of that's probably going to be in Bakersfield here for, for this season, which is, you know, hugely beneficial for him. Uh, I think he started getting going this weekend. I think the message was sent uh, to him, um, and he ended up moving up and moving up the lines and found himself with, with McLeod and Marodi, assisted on a Seth Griffith goal, on Saturday and started playing some bigger minutes. So, um, you know, he's going to have to earn the, 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 the ice time. He's going to have to earn the power play time. Um, nothing's going to come easy. And uh, I think it's only going to be beneficial for him uh, moving forward. But, you know, certainly has some work to do. But, hey, that's what the American Hockey League's about. And, uh, you know, he's going to get plenty of opportunity to show what he can do. Uh, Ryan, just a couple more questions for you. Really appreciate your time here. And I'm just like, as I look through the roster, I'm like, man, I could ask you almost about every single player because there's, <laughs> there's a lot of big names on this team. But I just, I just want to ask you about some of the veterans here. And Adam Cracknell, obviously uh, Seth Griffith, you've got Brad Malone. How much do these guys mean to the team and how much are they helping these younger players? They're huge. Uh, I mean, they're the backbone of, of what this Condors team is and they set the example for for how this organization operates. Um 
you know, guys like McLeod and Marodi and Lavoie, you mentioned up front. And then, you know, the, even the defensive guys, you know, are able to look at me, you know, maybe like a Lagasin who's kind of like that veteran type of presence as well, too. Um, you know, they're, they're so huge for the organization. And the fact, I think, too, and Jay Woodcroft kind of mentioned this a couple weeks ago to me, is not just having veterans, but having the right veterans. And the Condors have veterans who not only say the right things, do the right things, but they also are still elite hockey players, especially at the American Hockey League level. I mean, we're talking Seth Griffith and Adam Cracknell being two of the top. I mean, I can maybe put four or five guys in kind of their um, category over the last decade in the American Hockey League. Um, you know, if it's you know, lighting it up already, he's got a point in every game so far. Cracknell's on a five-game point streak. Um, and they're not necessarily – taking ice time away from it. You know, I know that's always kind of, you look down and, oh, well, why is Adam Cracknell, you know, have, why does he have all this ice time? They're not really taking ice time away. They're enhancing the ice time of some other players who can certainly, you know, benefit from their tutelage. Guys like Lavoie, guys like McLeod. Um, you know, you look at Tyler Benson up in the NHL now, but kind of the similar thing. So um, they're so big for the organization. I'll throw Luke Esposito in that pot as well. Um, and they're just big parts of what we do. They're guys I depend on, you know, when I need things, and they set the tone for, for that dressing room and, and how this team wants to play. And um, believe me, there's nobody more excited for Ryan McLeod going to the NHL than Brad Malone, Adam Cracknell, and Seth Griffith. Um, and that's the type of culture that they set uh, here in Bakersfield. Oh, that's really good to hear. And my final question for you, well, I might have one more, but <laughs> uh, between the pipes, obviously the Condors get Stuart Skinner back there. Uh, he's looking great in the start so far, but you've got Konovalov and Rodrigue uh, who have played for the team so far this season. For Oilers fans, curious about the future of the goaltending position in the organization. What can you tell them? Yeah, I talked with, you know, Ken Holland last week in Vegas and, you know, he mentioned Stu, you know, obviously he was up in Edmonton right now, but, um, kind of as a big year for him because, uh, you know, in his mind, uh, next year is, is a waiver year for him. So he can't just come to Bakersfield, you know, at free will and go up and down. He's going to have to clear waivers, which, you know, leads me to believe that, you know, Ken envisions Stu being in the NHL, at least on a permanent, you know, semi full-time basis. Uh, you know, at least a year from now. So this is a big year for him to kind of prove what he did last year, which was lead the league in wins. And, um, you know, he's kind of been out of the net here for three weeks. But, um, you know, hopefully he gets a game up in Edmonton or two up in Edmonton before Mike Smith comes back and can come back with some confidence. I think that'd be huge. Um, you know, make no mistake about it, Stuart Skinner's the number one goaltender in Bakersfield. He's, you know, one of the elite netminders in the American Hockey League. Uh, he's a guy who's pushing you know, jobs up in the NHL. That said, I think it's big for the organization to get a good look at Louis Rodriguez, Ilya Konovalov. Uh, Rodriguez, especially just because it's probably a year before you probably expect him to, to get a significant amount of starts, but he had 10 starts last year. Uh, he's gotten, you know, half the starts since Skinner's been gone. And I think Konovalov kind of came over as, you know, at least for me and, and, and here in Bakersfield, an unknown just because he's been in Russia. But, um, you know, he's a little bit further along, I think, in his progression. He's a little older. Um, and, and to be able to get him, you know, a significant amount of ice time while, you know, Stu's up in the NHL is, uh, is I think, beneficial, you know, in the future. That said, you know, need a couple of saves here over the last week. Um, but that's all part of the learning curve of the American Hockey League. And, you know, Skinner went down to the ECHL his first year and, um, you know, had to come back and ended up making 42 appearances for, for the Condors. So, 
you know, the trajectory is never a straight line, um, you know, and I think you just want some consistency and um, hopefully, you know, one of Elia or, or Olivier can kind of take the reins here and, uh, and do a solid job back there between the pipes. And then when Stu comes back, I think you'll see him, you know, start 80 to 85 percent of the games that, that he's eligible to. Now, my final question will be this. I know the Condor is taking on the Stockton Heat on a Wednesday, uh, 6.30 puck drop Pacific time, uh, 7.30 Mountain time, if anyone wants to tune into that one. Now, the Oilers and Flames, big rivals. Does that trickle down to the AHL level as well? Yeah, and Stockton uh, Stockton and Bakersfield, for, for those who don't know, are, are four hours apart. They're in the you know what they, what they call the Central Valley of, of California. It's not what you think of when you think of uh, California, I guess, if you're outside of California. Uh, it's more agriculture. It's more farming. It's very, uh, you know, oil and ag. It's very Edmonton-esque, if you will. So it's very Edmonton and Calgary-esque. Uh, both similar type of cities, kind of blue-collar, uh, work-like. Uh, you know, there's no beaches in either one. Uh, you know, both kind of get the rap of being uh, anti-California, if you will. <laughs> um, so that both just translates. So uh, Stockton's been our, our long rival dating back to, you know, when, you're, when we were in the ECHL days and, and weren't even, you know, Oilers and Flames. It was just Bakersfield and Stockton, um, you know, going at it. So uh, two very similar type of cities, both like to rag on each other. And uh, at the end of the day, it makes uh, makes things more interesting for the fans, which is always uh, always a good uh, good sign. And Stockton's got a good team this year. Uh, they're unbeaten in regulation. Um, you know, the Condors are right behind them, kind of in that third, fourth uh, spot in the, the division. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens this week. But Stockton's a, Stockton's a pretty good test here uh, on Wednesday night. Oh, it should be a lot of fun. You can watch it on AHL TV. And uh, you guys are on iHeartRadio, correct? iHeartRadio, yep, Comedy right. 800. And, uh, yeah, happy to uh, entertain uh, as many Oilers fans as possible. Good to know for people who want to tune into the Condors taking on the Heat. Ryan, thanks so much for doing this today. We'll have to get you on again. Uh, maybe next time the Oilers make a call up. <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime, Connor. Appreciate your time. Great stuff from the voice of the Bakersfield Condors, Ryan Holt. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter at Condors Holt. He's got lots of great content there for the Condors. As we discussed, they are in action on a Wednesday, taking on the affiliate of the Calgary Flames, the Stockton Heat. It's a 7.30 Mountain Time puck drop. You can tune into AHL TV or iHeartRadio. A little bit of the Battle of Alberta, Central California style in that one. Then the Condors in action. They've got home and home over the weekend with the San Diego Gulls. And that's going to do it for another edition of the Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Big thank you to Tom Gazzola and Ryan Holt for hopping on the show today. Big thank you to you for tuning in to another edition for the Edmonton Oilers. They've got the Detroit Red Wings Tuesday night. It's a 5.30 puck drop. Then it's on to Boston to take on the Bruins on Thursday. That one gets going at 5 o'clock. And then it's straight to Buffalo or Barfalo, as Jason Strzok would say, a 5 o'clock puck drop in that one. If you're looking for pregame coverage, tune into TSN 1260. Tom Gazzola, Matt Cassie, and myself, I believe Gregor and Strzok will be by for those pregame shows. It's always an hour before puck drop on TSN 1260. Tune into that one. One more time, big shout-out to our sponsor, DraftKings. If you're going to sign up today, make sure to use promo code THPN. Again, thank you to Tom Gazzola, Ryan Holt, you guys for tuning in. I'm Connor Halley. We'll talk to you next time here on the Other Connor Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast. New shows drop every Tuesday and Friday wherever you get your podcasts from.